Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, folks. Here we are, one step further, or one week further away from the election, and we... Well, we know who won, we just don't know who's going to be president. Who's going to be in the White House, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's... I don't... I it see people taking this so lightly, and it... I, I, I don't know. Yeah, the, see, I don't think a lot of people are even thinking about it the right way. I mean, what if I keep hearing about the peaceful transfer of powers, if that means something? And you remember the uh, that show, uh, The Sound of Music? I yeah. don't know if, how much you remember about the plot, but there's a point at which the Von Trapp, the Captain Von Trapp, is showing this anger because mm-hmm. his government had given over to the Nazis without fighting. There was no war. Right, they just without a fight. Gave up. Yeah. And it just floored him, and yet he could do nothing about it. And um, I don't know. I just keep – what if China came in and said, hey, <laughs> we're going to be president from now on? And everybody right. said, well, we don't want a war. Oh, so uh, we don't – yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, let's keep peace – stay peaceful no matter what else. Fight. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's That's, like, well, wait a minute. Right. You have to fight. <laughs> yeah. And if – I, obviously, I can't go out and start a war, but uh, the, as a people, we should be ready to definitely. If, if we have that's, a leader who the, will stand up and do it, then we need to follow that leader, and hopefully, we do. We don't. We don't know how this is going to play out yet, but I guess we'll just have to wait yeah. and see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Well, there's there's a lot of people who want to, uh, in spite of the. Um, in spite of the evidence of of fraud and the clear lack of interest on the part of the Department of Justice in investigating yeah. it, um, there's people who want to believe that the system will will somehow work. If if even if this election was stolen, the system will somehow yeah turn it around. We'll figure we'll, it out. We'll, we'll get, get it right it next, next time. time or something like that. They don't realize. That that there's a a kind of end game. Yeah, this is this um, in, is kind of the last right time. There is no next time a, if they win. Yeah, there 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 will be a, a this is going to be an inflection point of sorts. I mean, you look at countries like China. When's the last time the Chinese people had any power? It's not like never. Yeah, I mean, so that could be us if we don't. St- and stop it that it's not like god has his eye on us and says, well i'm going to watch out for it he never gave america any promise that we would continue to be america uh right. we could end up like russia or china or any other <laughs> the last time people country. tried to insist on 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 any kind of recognition in china was tiananmen square yeah and look what happened <clears throat> they were there. mowed over with tanks so i I, again, I wish I wish we could do more than just pray for now, but that's kind of all we can do. And I mean, look what's know. you know, it's kind of like what they're doing in Hong Kong. Yeah, and what I think, you know, we we supported the, uh, you know, uh, in in ways that that may have been um, illegal at the time, but um, we supported the uh, freedom fighters in Nicaragua. Um, against the communist regime there what we really should be doing is working behind the scenes to um arm and support 
possible freedom fighters in Hong Kong, right. if there are any. But um, that that should be the kind of place our hearts left. are as a nation. Yeah, that's you know that, um, and but but the fact that everybody is is such a uh, you know that kind of ties into our topic today. Right. It's uh, where they keep talking about law and order, and I'm like, why? Why is law and order the highest order here? Why are they? Why is law and order above everything else? I I think American sovereignty should be above law and order. Yeah, it should be above Sometimes everything. Sometimes you you it, need a little bit of disorder. If the law is what we're trying to eliminate, if the law is what brought us to this point, then it we have to eliminate that. We have to step over it and and restructure do something and it's not even a law as we've pointed out many times it's this giant bureaucracy that's running everything right right and but you know that's you're right that does tie could, into it because that's why we're all doing what we're doing right now when we go to Kroger's and the hardware store yeah. and we're wearing these masks which is uh what we we're going to talk about today um you know when they when the mask orders first came out, I ignored them. And it it got to the point where before I walked into a store, I would decide how much do I really need what's inside there? Because if I go in without a mask and they tell me to put it on, I'm going to get angry and I'm going to leave. There's no mm-hmm. way I'm putting a mask on because they told me to. And now it's kind of the governor. What the governor has done is said, well, you might not go to jail for not wearing a mask, but the business that you walk into for not making you wear the mask is going to get shut down or fined or something like that. Right. And now I'm finding myself just wear the mask and wearing it more and more because I don't want the companies to suffer. Although maybe they should. I don't know if they're not fighting it. Could be. Yeah. I mean, but that's one of those, those, uh, tough ones, but you know, maybe part of the thing is that, uh, Maybe we give our governments too much power over them. So what does it mean to shut them down? They revoke, you know, if it's a bar, they revoke a liquor license. If it's uh, a store, they, you know, revoke whatever. Every kind of public storefront requires some kind of license from the state. Um, Yeah. Maybe there's a level at which that's not a good thing in itself. And maybe there's a level on which that very fact, that very power of the state is something that ought to be opposed. When companies as big as uh, we're going to leave out Amazon for now because uh, they're not even a part of all this, but uh, someone like Home Depot um, or uh, Walmart, not not that Walmart's going to help at all, but uh, a company as big as that, they do actually have the power to fight this kind of thing. And if they said, look, you're telling us we have to shut down, and we're not going to shut down. We're going to just continue to do business. Uh, you're going to actually have to send state troopers and arrest our people, and mm-hmm. then we're going to we're going to help them in in court and make sure that they win and take care of their families until we do win. We're going to fight this. It, it, I wish that kind of patriotism still existed. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't. So, and yeah, it doesn't. And, and there's a, um, I think a lot of it, maybe, you know, there's a certain, uh, a certain segment of the population that, you know, the, 
it's a question of the balance of fear of consequences versus the desire to assert what they know is their right, for example. Um, but, you know, the the thing that I really want to talk about um, in this podcast, if, if we could talk about the people, kind of using the people who are wearing masks to identify a few categories, because it's it's kind of interesting. I think the masks are one of these things that when you look at the demeanor of the different people and how they respond to them, um, there's a few lines that, that people kind of fall into. There's, there's the ones who say, yeah. no, I'm never going to wear a mask, and they dig their heels in. Um, and then there's the ones who will say, I'll wear a mask grudgingly, um, but only if the, the person whose property I'm on tells me I have to, uh, which, you know, on a level, you know, if, if we're going to support property rights, then we would say, well, at least, you know, they have the right to tell you, put the mask on or get out. Right. Um, but you know, by that same token, they ought to have the right to let you smoke on their property too. For example, and and you know that's another thing that we've just given up without a fight. Um, the government said, "Oh, okay, certain kinds of places aren't allowed to allow smoking." Um, and then you've got people, and I'm going in a in a sort of order here. You'll you'll see uh, the the trend. Mm-hmm. You've got the people who who will say, "This is stupid. The masks are ineffectual. They're dumb," but Gosh, the government's telling me to, so I have to. And so they put it on. And then you've got the people who are, um, who actually believe that the masks serve a legitimate medical public health purpose. Okay, well, it's, we've got to be resigned to this because it serves a public health need. It's, it's not good to have masks, but, uh, we're avoiding the greater evil of the spread of the pandemic and so on and so forth. A lot of those people um, sort of um, are kind of fooled into what they actually think the masks do. I think a lot of the people who are on that category think that the mask is going to keep them from getting the virus. Yeah, I um, think they do. They don't understand that it's to try to keep them from spreading it under the assumption that they have it. Right. And then there's the last category of people. And this is the people that really had me puzzled for a while. I had to, to think about this one for a little while before I could figure out what was going on here. But there is a, and it's unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be a small group. There is a category of people out there that are wearing these masks and it's not a resignation for them. It's not something that they are treating or giving any indication of feeling as a necessary evil. They're treating it as a positive good. They're rallying around it. They're proudly wearing it. They're joyfully putting these masks masks on their kids it's almost like they're Uh, sanctimonious about it yeah those are the ones that had me puzzled for a while because that doesn't make even the smallest bit of human sense yeah it still got me puzzled well i think i think there's something here that that i i've been able to to put my finger on um if you remember back in the uh, Old Testament, as as though we were alive back then, uh, the I Israelites, yeah, after they you know got out of Egypt and 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 they were led eventually to the Holy Land and and so forth, but um, and they actually hadn't, uh, if I remember right, they hadn't they hadn't con- like they hadn't like fully uh, flushed out the the Canaanites yet. That was like the the last land 
and, and they hadn't gotten around to conquering that, even though God had told them he would give them this land as their heritage. It's like, it's like they were afraid to, to take God at his word and go in and take it. But, um, but God, for a time, had the Israelites ruled by a series of judges. And they, I say ruled, ruled is a loose word here, because it wasn't so much that, that there were judges who, who sat over and you know, decided things for everybody the way a king would. They were, uh, they were moral leaders, um, often prophets. Um, mm-hmm. And, but, but the way it worked is that God provided, and when they were in need of something, there was a judge or a prophet who would be able to tell them what they needed to do. So and if they this... did, if they did that, God took care of them. When they failed to do that, the results were disastrous for them. Well, would this be like, uh, would they do things like uh, settle disputes or was it more of a... I I think it was bigger than that. They had had like the the Levites probably, uh, or or maybe some of one of the other, like the Levites were the tribe of priests and they probably were more involved in day-to-day disputes. These are bigger things. But but to give you an idea, Samuel, who's the one who anointed first um, Saul and then later King David... Samuel was the last judge mm-hmm. in the line of judges. and But what happened, if you remember, um, the Israelites decided that they wanted a king. It's like, all, all our neighbors have kings. We want a king. Mm-hmm. And so they went to Samuel and said, hey, tell God we want a king. And Samuel said, well, what do you mean you want a king? You know, he's going he's gonna to take your crops from you. You're going to have to give him a tenth of everything you have every year. Um, he's going to call your sons up and send them into battle. He basically said... They're going to be a tyrant, and they're going to make your lives miserable, and you're going to be beholden to them. And they said, "Yeah, but we want a king anyway." And you I know, think, yeah, I heard that story like when I was in like third or fourth grade in religion class, and yeah. I I remember hearing about it and not really understanding it, and I I don't think I've ever given it a thought until right now while we're talking. Well, okay, see, I think because. God made us for him, obviously, and he, he designed us to be sinless, mm-hmm. but we're fallen. But we have built into our character, um, you know, we're both social and we're, you know, we, we have a built-in uh, drive for a higher destiny. And because we're social, we also want to approach that communally. So so basically what that transit, uh, translates into in um, worldly terms is that we have the, or terms is that we have this built-in drive to identify together in groups according to what we're being led to or what we're being led by. Okay. And God offered the ancient Israelites himself as the unifying identity for that drive. They would be his people. And now, you know, they kind of said, that's not good enough. We want a king. We want something visible. And he gave in to him. And in fact, he took, you know, he took their, their uh, insistence on that and turned it into, you know, because he's infinitely provident, he can do this kind of stuff. He turned it into what was ultimately a good thing because he raised up King David. And then from the line of David came Jesus, the king of kings, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um. But it shows that fundamental character that that there's something in people that drives us to want to unify ourselves in service of something greater than ourselves. 
most of the world today has rejected God. I mean, the you know, with the spread of Christendom and and the uh, increase in in the various orders of religious and and the way the church was was organized by parishes where people belonged to that parish and and they were you know catechized and knew what they were destined for and you know felt that as part of a parish family which i hate those words when i hear it at mass these days yeah. but that's kind of what it was you know they were they were a community i mean and i don't want to paint it like it's a rosy picture like like the world was you know didn't have its problems that you know there was violence and there was brutality and everything else i, I don't want to say that that wasn't there but in but terms of this like, ability to to identify as a group serving something greater not only greater but infinite that was was palpable and it's been lost to most people in the world today now you and i grew up we kind of always had that available to us and and not all of our you know not not all of everybody in our family has ha, you know has clung to that but our parents did it in a way when i say did it i mean ran their family and raised us in a way that we didn't lack for that yeah but there's lots of people who lack for that and so now what are they doing they're turning to other things to be their unifying principle their that they can be of service to that they can identify themselves by being servants to what you know this this greater thing whatever it is a lot of times it's you know the 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 various um it, it kind of explains the intolerance of of the extreme left for example they've got their their set of uh causes often those causes are based in identity theory like like black and women and gay and so on and so forth um but they have become so slavish to the service of this thing because they had to replace god with something so now they're in instead of a free service to god that you know because god calls us to truth and freedom they're in this slavish service to their causes even to the point where if one of them disagrees on one particular item or if one of them we see this a lot with trump praises somebody that they consider an enemy they're canceled and they're ostracized and they're they're treated as though they they have turned into some kind of a monster that's the kind of slavishness that that these people on the left have adopted for themselves as a community towards these causes and i think it also kind of explains why they're so hostile to science they 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 aren't interested in facts instead what they want to do is set up a society in which experts tell everybody how to live instead of providing facts that everybody else decides for themselves what to do with them yeah and then uh they yeah and and that word that they throw around almost as if it was a religion and yeah. um and I think you know, that's what the what these gleeful mask wearers are. I think it's hey, this is a unifying sign of our servitude to something, and and they're thrilled about it. And they 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 feel in some way that, that there's some way that it satisfies a deep longing that is a real genuine human longing, but they've never known that yeah, they, longing uh, to be satisfied because they haven't been part of the church, at least in any meaningful way. I the mean, sad you see part people is, who even at Catholic parishes and stuff doing this, 
Well, but that's what, again. It, it's, it's in the Nova Sordo parishes. It, it it is. It's like if you go to one of their masses, you'll see pretty much everyone wearing a mask. You might every now and then see someone who doesn't, but um, yeah, my my sons won't even go to the Nova Sordo anymore, even though it's more convenient because it's right up the street and they can just walk up there at any time on Sunday almost. It's got like five masses, but um, yeah. they, they'll get up early and go with me because, uh, well, first of all, because of the priest and his idiotic sermons, but also <laughs> because it, it, if you walk in without a mask, they're given the stinky eye. And I think they're being told now that they, people have to wear a mask. Um, yeah. But they're, they seem so happy about it. And they seem so hostile toward people who aren't part of that little group. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I did. Did you hear Jason talking about the guy who uh, in his parish who got up and yelled at oh. everyone? Oh, he yelled at people. No, he did. I I heard him talk about the guy. He was walking past a guy who like like suddenly turned and faced the wall and hid while Jason walked by. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I this is I. Okay, this didn't happen the way really it should happen, but um, it's my understanding that um, Jason was in the back with his family, and apparently this is a pretty full church. It's a big church, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty full, and it's a pretty woke parish. And Jason doesn't have his mask on. Most of his kids don't. And -hmm. then there's like one other family way up front. And they don't have their masks. Okay, so there's a and few people without masks. There's like two people two, out two of families. several two families. hundred. <clears throat> yeah. And um, I, from what Jason could gather, the woman next to him either said something or gave him a stinky eye or did something to indicate that he was bad for not wearing a mask. And... I don't know if this is right before mass. Well, I know the priest was there because he pointed out the priest. He got up and turned around and started yelling at everyone. And said, you people are morons. We're supposed to be the smart ones. And you're all wearing your masks like a bunch of sheep. And then he pointed to the priest and he said, you're the worst. You're supposed to be leading these people. And you're having them all fall in line like a bunch of sheep. And he Uh, grabbed his kids and stormed off. I wish I had the guts to do that. <laughs> I I do too. Or but you know, when I go to mass, I wish I could I have usually, filmed something like that. When I go to the, I usually go to the Novus Ordo Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to the Tridentine now. But well, the Novus Ordo Mass is the one I because I like to go on Saturday. Oh, okay. And even if I go on Sunday, it's like I get I like to get up and go right away. And the Tridentine mm-hmm. Mass isn't until like. You know, eleven thirty or something. Oh, like that. yeah, that kind of shoots the day down. And by that, time, yeah. So, but but even at the it, you know, at this parish, you um, know what? Before you talk, hold on. Before you what? talk, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm reminded of something here, and and it it was something our priest gave a talk uh, before he started mass last week, and he delivered the message that the governor had told him he should deliver. Um, oh, okay. And he he did say, he said something to the extent that I would ask parish members not talk to the press if if they're approached. Um, I guess he was trying to guard 
the uh, he was trying to how do I say this? He didn't. Oh, I see what you're saying. He didn't want he didn't to set, want... give someone a reason to shut him down. So yeah. I'm not going to talk too much about my parish because yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I don't. I don't want to lose that mass. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, otherwise, case, I'd well, have a whole lot to say about the way we do it at our mass. We'll leave it at that. Um, so anyway, but but the point is, it's it's you know they're they're doing what they must to comply with the requests of uh, yeah the um, state and local health departments and so on and so forth. Um, you know, they've got a, a, a sign on the door that says. The, the county health department has said, and then they do that, but, but you know, that's as far as they take it. Then they leave it to people to figure it out for themselves. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I wish I had the, the guts to, uh, to um, get up and, and do something to like shame that. a crowd of mask wearers like that. <laughs> Cause yeah. he's absolutely right. He is the, but the sad part about it is they probably n- they did. I don't think most of them got what he was saying. Most of them yeah. think, "Oh, you evil man! You're against yeah. us all. You're against the I community know. and the fraternity and the brotherhood that we're here to celebrate." Because in their minds, that's what we're doing at mass. Yeah, by wearing masks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're 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 at mass for each other in their minds. That that's what the mass is. It's a it's a you know it's a coming together. And um, and Pope Francis reinforces this with his Fruity Tootie encyclical. Oh and gosh, yeah. It's it's odd though. But what I will say is that it seems like the Orthodox Catholics, the one going to the Tridentine Mass, most of them are, you will not see them wearing a mask. Yeah, they're the least likely to to give it, and it makes perfect sense. Those who already have a strong sense of identity and communal identity in service to someone god himself are the ones who don't need that same identity you know with something else they 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 don't the mask doesn't serve that purpose for them and so they are freer to look at whether it makes sense and make a decision right. based on that and the ones i think who do I, I get there are those who wear it, and I think because of the reason I just mentioned, because they feel like that will somehow enable the that will somehow keep the bishops or the governors from shutting oh, down from the church. Down. Right. Which yeah. I I think maybe we ought to challenge that and and kind of spit in his eye and say no, we're going to do this anyway, and and then show up for church regardless. But. Um, would that the bishops would do that to the governors? Yeah, I know it. That's what I really think they'd needed. get some a following too. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't, but they would. Um, I mean, if a bishop, said I know no, I would. I'm not gonna. I mean, yeah, I I would go and I would go to jail and I would say mm-hmm. no. I, I'm I'm going to mass. As if yeah. we have a even a priest to lead us, but at least a bishop. I guess the priest has to. I. I the priests know. have a duty of religious out, obedience to the bishops. That's that's where the problem. does that you know, there's a, obedience it's, stop? That's why the bishops, the bishops are the ones who have to lead. The and, bishops you know, for, are the for, ones who have to lead. But if the for bishop, bishop Barron isn't leading to say, oh well, that's the ladies' problem. They have to deal with all the secular stuff. That doesn't work 
if they're not backing the laity up, they or you know, right. or leading the laity. You know what I mean? That's it's yeah. They at least have to be ready to uh, to say well done when somebody does something instead yeah. of punishing them. You know, they're they're paying off these families in order to keep the priests out of hot water when the priests have molested kids. Yeah. And um, that kind of money should go towards helping priests and uh, the laity become warriors against a, a suppressive government. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of things they should be spending their money on. But sadly, uh, we know that they don't, and they I don't think they ever will. Yeah. But you know, I going back to the Israelites. You have to wonder if there was a group of people who were resisting the others and saying, "We don't need a king. We have the judges." I bet there were. I mean, you know, even you know, like for example, like I said, Samuel tried to talk them out of it, and I mm-hmm. bet there were those who were loyal to what he was saying, who really got it, and and who. Um, we're trying to get others to understand and probably we're just as befuddled as we are now. Yeah. We're like, you guys are idiots. Why, why do we want to pay taxes? We don't have to pay taxes now. And then we'll have to pay taxes. We haven't lost a single war. We, yeah, you, you scratch your head and think what, why are people so willing to give up their freedoms? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like I said, I think I think it has. And you know what? Probably the in, among the Israelites, it was probably the same problem then as it is now, even though they were the people of God. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know, individually and in, in their you know various local communities probably didn't really have faith in God. Yeah. I mean, the, well, the, the whole concept of God, you know, hadn't hadn't. Uh, presented quite as solidly to them as it does to us so you know we he became man and and that's kind of the pinnacle and and you know we we can look back and criticize them but you know at least recognize that that they didn't have what we have they maybe have an excuse that we don't have um but i think it, it is the same thing they they probably in large measure didn't really have faith in god and that's why they wanted a king they thought oh a king will protect us and make us strong and so on and so forth and I think that's yeah. the same problem today. People don't have faith in God. It's, you know, so many people have left the church, and, and this is their replacement. Yeah, the and, and the mask. They, they did it in Israel even after they had a king. They just kept doing it they over kept, and over again. Yeah, I know. The, the we kings would talked even about it away. a couple times, <laughs> right? That, and I, I, I just all through grade school, as we learned about how the Israelites did this, I always just scratched my head and thought. Mm-hmm. How can a giant group of people who who God specifically saved and protected, and yeah, declared as His own, how could they be that stupid? And and here we've got Pope Francis uh, and the Pachamama, and now our bishops just uh, mm-hmm. throwing our rights away. It's, yeah, and all of our fellow Americans. Yeah. Ready to, there are people you know, so willing holding to... up their holding up their wrists, saying, "Please, China, put the cuffs on us." I mean, that's what it's yeah. like. Yeah, and now we're finding out that China may actually own the the uh, voting machines. 
<laughs> of course. <laughs> Dominion. Okay, the lawyer who uh, the lawyer who represented Nick Sandman. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name now. It's slipping my mind. Oh, S- Sandman. Nick, Nick. No, I mean the the lawyer who represented him. Right. The, the, the lawyer. Oh, you can't think of the lawyer's name. Right. But he uh, released. I think it was a tweet saying that China bought Dominion. That China owns Dominion. Oh wow! Now you're talking about okay, Lin Wood. Lin Wood, right? right. He is okay. making the claim, and he has said he is working on the proof. Although, if he had the proof, I don't know what difference it would make. That China actually owns Dominion, the hmm. voting machine wow. company. That and there are people who for whom that will not even be a concern. Right. Well, so what? Who owns it? We still voted and it's still and there's still no evidence. And it's like, no, that is the evidence. Yes, of course. The fact that China owns it is the evidence that we need to revote. That's evidence that we can't trust that vote. It the 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 we cannot accept the numbers that we're being given. We know they're wrong. And every every little bit of information we get confirms it more and more and i keep hearing yeah. it's like we're being gaslighted and it's like remember no, folks, we don't have evidence china, we don't have evidence china is a country if you travel to china and leave your computer your laptop in your hotel room it will be tampered with the cleaning staff will open it and try to get it to boot up and try to find stuff in it that they will pass on to local police just because just so that they can have it just to give them more informational awareness about various foreign travelers. And the more important you are, if you're the CEO of a company, for example, um, the more uh, time they're going to spend on it, you know, if you're gone. Mm -hmm. You don't leave your devices. If you have a device with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, their hotels will have software that is actively trying to, to get past whatever security it has and get information and copy the contents of your your device. This is the society that China is. If you want to sell a device in China that has encryption keys in it or security keys or whatever, you are required by law to provide the Chinese government with the, the set of private keys that are built into the device that you're selling at market. This is what China is. You know, I guess... If they own... If they are the owners of the company that manufacture Dominion voting machines, it would be the height of foolishness to even imagine that those machines do not have some way for the Chinese government to get into them, assuming there is a path to them through the Internet. Right. You know... It boggles my mind that people don't get that, and I, I just, I'm constantly trying to think up words that would explain it properly, and I, I never can. I'm always at a loss. But another way to look at this is, American companies, um, if you're the uh, CEO of a company, your, your task is most of all to make more money for the company, but to say gain market share of a certain you know customer oh, right, base right. or whatever industry, yeah yeah and yeah you're supposed to expand your 
in China, every single company is the Chinese government. And every single yeah. company's uh, – their task is not just to gain market share but to control the other companies who are outside of China's dominion. The global companies, yeah. The, Chinese companies are sponsored them. by and commissioned by their government, by the Chinese government, the Chinese uh, Communist Party, to engage industrial espionage on other companies from around the world. Things that we would consider illegal in the United States. They are the companies in China are commissioned to engage in those activities and required to engage in those activities by the Chinese government. And I'll tell you what, if if things continue this way, someday that takeover will be complete. And I don't think it's that far ahead. I, and one wonders, companies, I mean, China's been getting very aggressive about some things lately. Yeah. These companies like Twitter and Google who are allowing China to walk on our backs, and if they think the, they're going to rest from this yeah. or maintain any kind of control over their companies, they're insane. And if they think they're all, always going to be handsomely uh, rewarded, uh, yeah. rewarded for that, Pro- they're, they're insane about that too. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's their, their Chinese, you know, China's pushing, you know, the, like the uh, um, communications company, what is it, Highway or something like that? Um, I forget the exact name of it, that real big comms company that, you know, some United know. States um, law lawmakers are trying to push back and say, wait a minute, we don't want them owning a wireless communications monopoly in the United States. And we mm-hmm. just assume that our, you know, European brethren <laughs> figure that out too. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the here, here's another thing about China. Um, and I know this because I worked on the products that get sold and have this technology embedded in them in China. Um, China is so controlling about information that even merely the fact, the question of where you are on the map, on the land, whatever, uh-huh. is hidden by the Chinese government. We have GPS systems here, right? You, you you do the GPS and it tells you where you are and then you can map that to a spot on a map and you can figure out where you are on the map and where the highways are and that kind of stuff. Um, what China does is they have certain areas that they don't want. They, they wanted, like, let's say you wanted to uh, disappear an area from a map. Let's say... Um, Let's say Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is not a good example because it's on a river. Let's say Indianapolis. Okay. Okay. Let's say the government wanted to disappear Indianapolis. So they first of all they take. Uh, it, it's not quite as handy as is is two seventy five around Cincinnati, but but four sixty five around Indianapolis. It's pretty much right. a circle all the way around. Uh, they take that highway. They say, okay, we're going to build a big wall there. We're going to disconnect all the other highways. We're going to build the roads around so that it maps around it and, and, and we'll gently curve them and so forth. And then it's like, okay, but yeah, I'm driving and I got the GPS and I can see. And and it's like, you know, there's a great big spot there where nobody goes, what's there. And it makes them, what China actually does is they require they have the government go and set up and say, okay, what we're going to do is take the roads that go around this place and we're going to redefine the GPS coordinates of those roads as though they went right through the place. So uh-huh. like US 31 
it'll it'll bend gently around in Annapolis, but we're gonna we're gonna just pretend it goes straight through, and then we're gonna require car manufacturers and the makers of GPS, you know, dashboard units, and so on and so forth. Um, they have to encrypt the GPS data right out of the box so that nobody can interpret it and find out the real GPS location. That encrypted data is going to go into a special chip that we, the government, will provide. And then the GPS data that we want in response is going to come out of that chip to make it look like you're someplace that we've really disappeared. And they disappear places from the map that way. Wow. Yeah. This is what's going on in China. This is... And, and you know that that's what's going to go on scared here of china is a real problem and you think about it there's many more people in china than there are in america and yeah. you would assume that those people long for freedom but they're not getting it and it's a very tiny few who are ruling them and not allowing them that freedom why do people think that can't happen here yeah. Why right. do they think that, oh, well, when everybody finds out about Dominion voting, then they'll rise up? No. Nope. No, they're not. They're, they're not doing that of, in China. They're not, they don't sheep. do it in Russia. Right. Why are they going to do it here? They haven't. <laughs> Every now and then there's a riot, but it's usually just senseless destruction. It's just to show protest. It It, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't topple... A, a leader and replace him it just burns a building down yeah yeah that's that's the thing i mean all the the closest that we've come to rising up has just been undirected wanton looting and and uh and vandalism yeah not an actual rebellion right um i don't know how we got that far off of the masks but because um... <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> I guess that's because that's where that, both of us kind of see things that's leading. That's where it's going. That it's 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 because people have forgotten God. They're ready to to lift up their hands and have the shackles slammed on them. Yeah, they're 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 and, wanting it. They're craving those shackles because they've forgotten God, and that's why they're it's it, you know they're willing to just put up with anything. It's a, government lead us. Experts lead us, you know, just as long as there's somebody telling us what to do. And if somebody's out there saying, no, I, I'm going to put a stop to people telling you what to do. Oh, you're anti-democratic. You're yeah. a Nazi. <laughs> you're, that's what's going on. You're a science that's, denier. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You want people to think for themselves, you're anti-science. You know, it's like uh, when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, um, they they suddenly decided they want to go back and be slaves again. Yeah, they got uh, out in the desert. group of them. God's uh, like, wait a minute, no. That's not what I made you for. Yeah. I didn't bring you out so you could be slaves to something else or go back and be slaves again. Yeah, it's and like God's he, constant. It's like God's dragging them by the teeth into freedom. Yeah, he and had that, to shove it down way, their throats. That's the way people are acting today. And that's, I finally figured it out. It's because... People don't have God. The Israelites, they were led out of the, you know, the, the desert, you know, by by Moses, you know, God working mm-hmm. through Moses, and and but their their faith was weak, 
and they lost yeah. that sense of of God. Now, you know, God helped them then by you know sending the Ten Commandments, uh, giving the Ten Commandments to Moses. But what happened in the little bit of time he was up on Mount Sinai talking to God? They fell into idol worship again. They they yeah. built a calf to be a visible symbol of something that they could worship. That's and, such a and, weird and thing to then me. Then God had, <laughs> you know, the the uh, especially the, saying uh, it that way. They fell into idol worship. Think about that. Like there's yeah. some kind of temptation to worship something to worship you don't even idol. understand. That's, I exactly. But but and that's the thing. That that's that's. That's what I'm talking about. There is something built into us that we want to come together as a group and serve something. God built that into us. Of course, he built it into us so that we would serve him and that he could right. lead us to freedom. But we've got to keep our eyes on him. Yeah, and we, we, have to, we have to at least discern what is true and what is not true. And that yeah. will lead us to God. You know, it, back when... Uh, Darwin came out with his theories, and of course, at first he was rejected, and then um, <clears throat> there was enough pressure on society in general to start at least saying, well, okay, some of this makes sense. And then uh, more pressure was put on Christians and even the Catholic Church to allow Darwinism. And there just a kind of a a few people kind of held on to this, the idea of creation and not Darwinism, but something a little bit different or something a lot different than Darwinism. And they were all called anti-science. Yeah. And that same group of people, the same type of person who said, wait a minute, no, I did not descend from apes. I'm a, I'm something totally different from an ape. Mm -hmm. Uh, they were also the same people saying, "No, I I don't think we're causing these hurricanes. I don't, I don't think we're creating droughts or making the ocean rise, and we're called science deniers for that. Yeah. And now we're we're looking at something that's uh, with, with these masks. Um, it the lie is so blatant that it's I would be embarrassed." to say that I believe it. Yeah. That's, but, and, but, the, but that's the whole point. That's, that's why, um, these modern leftists are so hostile to the idea of true science. They, they are absolutely horrified at the idea of pinning facts down. And instead yeah. they, they don't even want the facts visible. They want, experts to simply tell people here's how you're going to live and then everything's yeah, they, going to be good they want an interpretation of uh facts and and not really facts they just want the interpretation yeah. right no matter right. what that comes from as long as it's a guy who was from harvard who's qualified and uh wears a white uh jacket then okay yeah. that's something we can accept the interpretation is everybody's going to do this yeah. As long and as it's uniform, then then we can feel like we're united in service to something. And I can pull my mask out and show everyone, this is how much I love all of you to wear this yeah. mask. And this is how good I am. Mm -hmm. it's, a, uh, it's a sad thing. <laughs> it's a sad state of affairs, to say the least. Yeah. 
Well, you got any more on that? No, I think we've about exhausted that topic. That that went a little bit further afield a, a than I uh, even expected to go with it. Yeah. But I, it really does all tie in. Uh, yeah. The, 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 that fact that, that, you know, that there are people who are out there just gleefully, you know, donning the masks and walking around with pride and so forth, that fact should have everybody else absolutely terrified because yeah. that shows how close we are to just turning our society into one that's built on shackles for citizens it 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 shows how 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 easy it would be to turn us all into slaves yeah yeah okay well uh in that case i have a few current events because we were all right we skipped a week um because of thanksgiving Um, that's right happy thanksgiving everyone belatedly yeah and hopefully you got you got to see hopefully your family you got and together ignore and whatever laws are out there against you without masks. Um, yeah, people with faces. So, uh, is I, the drug maker Purdue Pharma um, mm-hmm. pled guilty to criminal charges, acknowledging their role in the opioid epidemic. Ah, no kidding. I. What did they understand? I don't know about the. I, uh, the uh, the need for doctor drawdown, I mean doctor controlled drawdown. I don't or, think or there's, I don't think there's any real uh, solution or anything that comes. I don't think it, this at all steers us into a solution for the opioid epidemic. I think they're just saying we want the lawsuit to be over, so we'll pay you billions of dollars because they have billions of dollars, and it's not yeah. that big a deal to them. Huh. Um. So for unspecified reasons, they've simply given a nod to the statement that, yeah, we had something to do with it. Yeah. We contributed. Yeah. Uh, that's like saying GM contributed to automobile deaths. Right. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I I think we're learning more and more that a lot of these uh, drug companies are uh, somehow connected to China. So... Oh, I have to think yeah. if it's like if we sued China and China said, "Yeah, we did that." Um, we don't really care. We have a we're trying to do something here. We're trying to take over your country. So if you want to sue us for that, go ahead. We're still going to take over your country because the opioid epidemic still exists, and we haven't really found a solution. We may have kind of slowed it down, but it's still there, yeah. and it yeah. needs to be dealt with. Um. Speaking of money, Elon Musk uh, is now richer than Bill Gates. So Jeff Bezos, then Elon Musk, then Bill Gates, as far as the richest men in the world. Okay. Hmm. I can't imagine having... I don't, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of <laughs> China, the... Uh, okay, they launched... Uh, I guess they call this Chang-5. It's a robotic spacecraft, and it's going to land on the moon, and it's going to bring back, um, I think, a couple kilograms of soil. Okay. Um, well, this is the cool first... In of itself. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first spacecraft sent to the moon in order to bring st- something back since 1976. Okay. When the Soviet Union did it. All right. So I, I don't I I have to wonder why would China want anything from the moon? Like how do they 
they don't do anything unless it's going to help them dominate. Well, you know what? Um, there's a reason that we Trump created the space space, space task force. force or whatever. Yeah, the, space force. Space force. Um, it's not just about satellites. Um, yeah. Space is going to become a frontier with economic ramifications. Yeah. A populated frontier. And China is, is farsighted enough to recognize that. Yeah. Besides, we also, I mean, given what China, China is, we don't know that that's all they're doing. We don't know that they're not leaving something there. Right. They could be doing, there's all kinds of things they could be doing. So. Um, United States withdraws from the Treaty on Open Skies. This is a good thing. It's, it, it, it gives. What is the Treaty on Open Skies? So it, it, it gives the countries who have signed on to it, I guess, special permission to fly craft over our airspace. <clears throat> Unarmed craft. Oh, okay. So, so like it, they can, they can plan flight routes that at a, it, as long as they maintain a certain altitude, if it's, if the shortest path is to go over the United States, they can do that as long as we're all part of the same treaty. But it also, I think, gives them, uh, the ability to put drones and stuff like that oh, in our okay. airspace. Okay. Not just passenger aircraft or, or mm-hmm. cargo aircraft. Yeah. So. That would be a problem. Uh, Trump finally pardons Michael Flynn. Not that he needed to, because Michael Flynn didn't do anything wrong. He's not wrong. guilty of anything. It but, would be um, nice. It could be that Trump was hoping that he was going to end up being exonerated and not need a pardon. But yeah, uh, yeah, he 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 should have pardoned him because I, I know that I, I get that that it's like okay if I pardon him then the pressure's off to to continue the investigation to exonerate him. Yeah. But seeing that his days in the White House may be numbered, it makes sense to go ahead and do that. At the same time, I, I don't know. I, I hope, I sure as heck hope Donald Trump does something other than pardoning him. I mean, Michael Flynn pretty much gave up his entire life for Donald Trump. He yeah. lost everything. Right. The only reason he ever uh, talked about um, pleading guilty to anything was because they flat out told him, we're going to go after your family now. Mm-hmm. And so he said, yeah, okay, he okay. He said, all right, I'll, yeah, yeah. And it's sad that that had to happen, and it's sad that Donald Trump didn't somehow put a stop that to that it. happens in the United States. Yeah. That's that's what you expect in China. That's what you expect in yeah. Nazi Germany. Those who went after Flynn are the Nazis. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's terrible. And... Again, it's another one of those things. We can't do anything about it, and we hope that uh, we hope that if we can fend off this regime, uh, Biden regime, which is really just a puppet regime, uh, mm-hmm. we can maybe start to turn some of this stuff around. But uh, it looks kind of bleak. But I, I think eventually we're going to have to do a show on. What happens if Biden gets elected, is is installed as the ruler of America? But I think we should wait until Trump concedes before yeah. we even talk about him conceding. Right. So, um, Iran's most senior nuclear scientist was assassinated. Oh, uh, wow. Some attackers blew up his car, and then there was a 
they opened fire on his vehicle and then there was a gunfight and some of them have been killed but um i think they are blaming it on israel so what which okay i could see so they think somebody hired these guys to do this israel right they, several of iran's nuclear scientists keep getting killed and mm-hmm. i guess it's because you know, we well, we had I that. I could imagine that Israel might have treaty. intelligence that they're, you know, very close to to being able to, right. you know, develop. And I think, like, I, I mean, we had this treaty, which we knew was really just actually giving them a stepping stone to uh, having nuclear weapons, yep. and then we were true, and now. Now Iran is even more bold about saying, well, we're, you know, now we don't have to follow it. Not that they ever did, but, and so they are continuing their, their, uh, they're continuing to try to develop nuclear weapons. And every now and then, I guess Israel or another nation is putting a stop to it. Maybe it was us. Yeah. Well, but, okay, the big news of the week Sarah Fuller. Of Vanderbilt uh, becomes the first female athlete to play in a Power Five college football game. Really? Well, she kicked the ball. She was a kicker. That's all. Oh, she's just a kicker. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know. She had this. She they're she had this speech. Small guys anyway. Yeah. But still, yeah, I can't imagine. Small. I you know I I can't imagine that she she's going to get the same yards as as guys who are kickers. No, she would. You know, it's like okay, no you way. know. We'll, you know, she she can make the the uh, the extra point kicks maybe, but when it comes to the field goals, it's like, well, okay, it's her, so we know they've got to get that much closer to the goal line before they can start thinking field goal in terms of strategy. Yeah, I I heard some kind of interview with her, or basically just a clip of her saying, "Girls can do anything they want. You women can do anything you want." And I just keep thinking, this is so it's so stupid. Yeah. You can't do anything you want. I can't fly. Yeah. Well, I, maybe if I got an airplane, <laughs> but I can't I wanna, just jump I off speak my 10 roof languages, and fly. But I can't. <laughs> yeah, I you can't do anything you want and the fact is women are generally smaller than men. So yeah, I want to be a the concert, top, I want to be a concert quality pianist, but yeah. you know, I've tried. <laughs> I've worked at it and I can't. I I <laughs> Worked on learning to play the banjo for an entire year. Practice. This is before I, not only before I got married, before I knew anyone who would take me serious enough to marry me. So I didn't date or anything. I practiced probably eight hours a day for almost an entire year. And at the end of that, I could play like six or seven songs. Yeah. And I... after all that, finally you gotta admit, I'm never gonna be a banjo player. I'll just be able to strum some songs, but I'm not a musician. And girls are not going to be able to compete on a professional level with men. That's just all there yeah. is to it. Or even a college level. Yeah. That's why we have two different leagues. Yeah. I mean, because it would be unfair to them and they wouldn't get to play. Granted, there's going to be some overlap, but there's no way that she's in a league with the other kickers in, 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 you know, in those same, in the the various college teams that they would be playing against. 
And it proves true in every sport. Yeah. But uh, that was almost a nonsense story. It could have been. Um, it really could have been. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I got. That's all. There were not a whole lot of news, except for that's just the, the more the more COVID stuff. And now they're saying they're gonna they're gonna get tougher. Oh, I did hear the announcement from the COVID task force, and this is a federal thing. They're saying uh, we need, we're worried about hospital overload again because everybody ignored our our uh, warnings and and had Thanksgiving parties and it's it's about to get really bad again. You know what? We, again, we were supposed if, to have taken care of that by flattening the curve for two weeks nine months ago. Mm-hmm. So we so we flattened the doggone curve. Get your game on and deal with it now. Let's let's. Open back up and become a, a, a human world again. Yeah. But, you know, it, as more and more regular people get it, I'm in, by regular I mean they're not old and they don't have, you know, they don't already have long-term breathing problems and stuff like that. As more and more regular people get it, the, the recovery rate keeps going up. Yeah. Yeah, things keep looking better and better over this whole COVID thing. And, and, the, whole, and the whole panic keeps looking more and more stupid. Yeah. And they're trying harder and harder to, I mean, just saying that again, that, that the hospitals might get overlooked. Could anyone really, but they said that, remember? And it didn't happen. It's like, come on guys, you, you guys, you guys spent millions of dollars building hospital adjuncts that never got used. By anyone. Nobody ever went there. It's like, why? This is stupid. People should be like ignoring the people who are saying this stuff by now. At least laughing at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't ignore them, laugh at them. Listen so you can laugh at them. But uh, yeah, okay. That's that's the only news is that we're about to suffer from a serious COVID nineteen hit, <laughs> and most of us are going to die. That could have been nonsense news too. Yeah. All right. I do have some fun news. Okay. This is from Belgium. Uh, I'm just going to read the art, the the little blurb as it appears in. Uh, the New Oxford Review. It's kind of fun. For years, it was an urban myth. Then diggers found it was true. The heart of a formal, former mayor of Verviers, Belgium. I'm butchering the name of that city. I'm positive. It's spelled V-E-R-V-I-E-R-S. I'm calling it Verviers. Okay. Real, it really was buried under a fountain. A small metal box containing Pierre David's heart in an ethanol-filled jar was uncovered during the renovation of the city's uh, ornate stone fountain. The relic is mentioned in civil docu- civic documents, but no one actually believed it. The city councilor, Maxime uh, Deji, told Reuters, Today the legend is long, no longer a legend, it's a reality. Um, Pierre David, the city's first mayor after Belgium gained independence in 1830, died in office after falling from a building. Authorities built a fountain in his honor and, with his family's permission, placed his heart under a stone. Apparently, even though that was recorded, everybody considered it to be an urban legend and nobody believed it. Until now, when they're doing these renovations, they find his heart really is there. (laughs) So are they going to put it back? You know what? It doesn't say. Let me uh, see where the jar is. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. So Natalie Wirtz. Uh, deputy curator for the Museum of Fine Arts and Ceramics 
So it's going to be put in a museum. Uh, so it's, that's where the jar containing his heart will remain on display. Oh, until renovation of the fountain is complete. Oh, they're going to so put it maybe back. they will put it back. That'd be cool. That is cool. And then a uh, hundred years from 100, now, people be will like, think it's a there's legend. There's no way there's really a guy's heart there. <laughs> yep. Talk about okay. science deniers. That's right. <laughs> um. All right, this is um, not quite a Walmart. If, if this had been Walmart, it would have been perfect, but it's Aldi instead. Okay. Um, so <laughs> have you been to a, Aldi's? I've been to an Aldi, yeah. We used to shop there for a while. Okay. It, 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 it was because they don't take credit cards. Do they still not take credit cards? That was their thing. They no, they take credit cards. Real cheap. They didn't used to take credit cards when we went, and that's why they and were you, so cheap. they didn't bag for you. Right, right. It, yeah. Oh, and they, you had so, a lot of times you had all to the pay boxes, for the. They cart. had all the boxes. Uh, you know, they cut the boxes, put stuff on the shelves, and then the uh, empty boxes were there. You could take those and put your stuff. Yeah. In. Um. So yeah, we used to make a thing of it. We'd go to Aldi's, do do our shopping. We mm-hmm. couldn't get everything there, but but we could get a lot of stuff. Um. And uh, it's they kind always of a had different the, crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it it worked. Not um, quite they, as bad as Walmart, but. But you know what? Their their parking lots were always free of carts. Um, yeah. At least the one we went to, <laughs> because they had the little carts that you put a quarter in to disconnect it, and then you gotta you gotta connect it back up to get your quarter back. Yeah. So and then if if you're at the end of the parking lot and you don't feel like walking all the way up, you'd see someone headed up to get it, and you say, "Hey, you want to buy my shopping cart?" And then take their quarter, and they can take your cart. Yeah. You never. Yeah, did that's that. right. Uh, yeah. I never did that, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what's our story? So anyway, in uh, in England, at one of the Aldi supermarkets there, okay, you know the song, uh, 100 Bottles of Beer on the Wall? Yeah. So this woman wanted to play 500 Bottles of Booze on the Wall. <laughs> She's, she started breaking, I guess, what ended up being about 500 bottles of alcohol, uh, coming to a total price of about $130,000. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? She went into the store and just started grabbing the bottles and throwing them, smashing them on the floor. There's pictures of she it. She's breaking them? Yeah. Huh. There's pictures of it in Fox News. Breaking them, like, just throwing them on the floor. 500 Was she bottles. while she did it? I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, it's like that, um... <laughs> Finally, the You know, when came. they were pushing for prohibition in, in America, there was the... I can't remember her name, but she, this little old lady that would go into bars with an axe and just start smashing the place. And because she was a little old lady, nobody would stop her. But they, they'd arrest her. But uh, usually she'd get away with smashing the whole place. Wow. And she would say, I did it with my little hatchet. I can't remember. I'm going to look up her name. That's that's so weird. Let's see. It was, it yeah. was right when... At when we were just looking more and more like prohibition was going to be a thing, uh, so they knew it. Okay, Carrie Amelin Nation. Okay, never heard of it. She's a That's so weird. Of the Temperance Movement. Uh, and oh, she okay. Would, she yeah. would go in and she would. Carrie Nation was her name. She would mm-hmm. uh, use a hatchet to smash up bars and and stuff like that. And uh, I guess, she, like I said, she'd get arrested and go to jail. But usually, nobody would stop her. Huh? What city was that in? What what? What city was that in? Oh, uh, I think it was in. I want to say. Uh, I got. I actually had, haven't really read much about the 
the whole uh, prohibition and, and the pre-prohibition movements and stuff like that. I Although, Dad... Find... She was from Kentucky. Oh, really? I don't think that's where she would do her stuff. I can't, fa- I can't find where... Went to Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, that would be one. That's where yep. she would start anyway. That's where I she see. started, apparently. But I don't think she stayed there. I think she was kind of a... A national hero for the for that movement, the temperance movement. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Well, I don't know. I don't think this woman was being part of the temperance movement. She <laughs> doesn't even explain why she did it. They, well, she wasn't even old necessarily. That's <laughs> it. That I mean, she's got a hoodie on and the hood's up, and, oh. and you can kind of see the pic. But she doesn't look like she's old in the picture. You know, some women are crazy. That could just be that she's it's just the one way of it those. is. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go until an Aldi starts smashing their alcohol. <laughs> okay, the next two are are both kind of kind of gross. Um, the first one, this is I don't know what to say about this. Uh, you you can't quite buy it yet, but somebody has developed a kit. Ah, this is so gross. That will allow you to. Get some some uh, so if you can get some live cells like scraped from the inside of your cheek or something like that. Yeah, you can then grow a culture from those few cells into something that you can then like eat as a steak. So you're eating yourself? Yeah, meat grown from from yeah I, from yourself. That is so gross. That's terrible. I know. That's, that's even worse than cannibalism. That's like I think it's worse. Yeah. There's even a quote in the in the news. Grace Knight, one of the designers, has this quote: "People think eating oneself is cannibalism, which technically this is not. Well, no, it's not, but it's kind of like worse." <laughs> yeah, that that's a sci-fi story. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading really a sci-fi story about uh, 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 someone who had developed like a little a little pet type of thing, but it was made from your own DNA, so it would actually be part of you mm-hmm. I didn't read the whole story I can't remember how I, I don't know how it ended but uh, that was that was the premise they would they would create a pet based on your own DNA oh okay but now, now you're going to create a stake here's the thing the people doing this are actually I, I don't know if they actually intend that, that this will ever be a, a real thing but it says the project was made as a critique of the lab grown meat industry which is, a, in, at least in the United States, lab-grown meat hasn't been approved for human consumption yet. Okay. But but apparently these people are, are trying to uh, at least critique. Show how absurd it is. I, I don't know if they're trying to show how absurd it is, but, but their opposition to it is that just because it's lab-grown meat, it doesn't mean that they don't slaughter animals to, to get it started and stuff because oh. they need blood to grow it in and stuff like that. Um, okay, but in well. any case, it's it's uh, yeah, it's gross. Uh, the next one is also gross. I don't know on a couple levels. So so a woman uh, suffered like months and months of various problems, malnutrition, sleepless nights, hallucinations, and so on and so forth. It all came from eating some sushi that had been in her refrigerator for about five days that she got from a service station. And it turns out that in the sushi was a tapeworm, which over the the next months had gotten so big that she could feel it like wriggling in her belly and stuff like that. 
She finally got treated for it, but it's like, guys, okay, there's no reason to eat sushi anyway, all right? Yeah. The whole Especially when you thing. buy it from a service station. Yeah, why would you go into a service station to buy sushi anyway? <laughs> that, that's so... <laughs> I think probably like three times in my life I have bought those sandwiches you see in the in the you know gas stations that mm-hmm. you really don't know how long they've been sitting there but i'm so hungry and i need food and yeah. i break down and i always regret it after eating like half of it i think to myself i can't believe i just ate that <laughs> but sushi wow but yeah i know right i mean cold cuts at least are like you know pr- processed in some manner sushi mm-hmm. just like uncooked fish um yeah but you know, I, you know the, the the thing that I eat. I mean, if it's not like a bag snack, like I might get a bag of beef jerky or something like that. But um, yeah, it's got all the stuff. But in but it. the one thing I'll is is I'll go to those pilot truck stops and I'll get their. Uh, they call them. They're they're spelled tornadoes, but I think they're supposed to be oh, pronounced yeah. like tornados or something like that. And, okay. But I'll get those. But they're cooked. Yeah, I do get those because you know? they're they're like frozen and they get them in and they're. I guess kind of like regular. They put them on those hot dog cookers where they roll back and forth until they're all heated up and stuff. I will eat those uh, if I don't feel like going to a drive-thru or something. But um, sushi, no. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Jason used to make fun of me because I'm so skinny. And he would say I had a tape. You have a tapeworm? uh, A pet tapeworm. (laughs) A pet tapeworm. Oh, yeah. So I'd. Every now and then, I'd eat some food to feed my pet. Pet tapeworm, yeah. It's the other reason you eat, to feed your tapeworm. All right. Next one. Um, okay, this... You know the little elf on a shelf thing? Huh? You know the elf on a shelf thing that people do? They buy a little elf and it's supposed to be like... He shows up in different places in the house on the shelf, like... And, and it's, your kids are supposed to be like, oh, yeah, the elf's watching me. I better be good. Stuff like that. Somebody never, told you ever me heard about of that? that. And I've to never me, it's really... creepy. It's, it, to yeah. me, it's like completely don't do that to your kids. That's so creepy and stupid. Um, but it's a thing people do. So, okay. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is an article like just kind of listing with pictures some of the different things that people have have done with the elf on a shelf. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, there's one where they took some chicken bones and laid them out to sort of look like a, a humanoid skeleton shape and put the elf's hat like at the top and it's like on a plate where they've eaten some, some you know, barbecue chicken or something from so it looks like they had the elf for dinner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, st- I still have never... I think you're the one who told me about the elf on the shelf, and I kind of thought maybe you were making it up. It is a real thing, and it is creepy. It's every bit as creepy as it sounds. It's real. Yeah. I don't know why people. I don't know why it's such a thing. It's it. It's really stupid. People shouldn't do it. Um, right. <laughs> it's another one. Uh, I I don't know how they got this person to stay asleep during it, but uh, they managed to. This is a person with kind of a real buzz haircut in the back, anyway. And yeah. you know how you, you can carve things in the back, like, like into your hair, you can carve like, like some lightning streaks or something. So they carved the word elf into his hair. 
<laughs> and they've got the elf, the elf sitting next to his pillow with the little uh, battery battery powered buzzer. Uh, yeah buzzer. <laughs> Another one uh, <laughs> had a, um, a, a. I'm going to try to read this. Some some parts are grayed out. I think uh, to to avoid names. Yeah, <laughs> they put a note. Oh, they've got, uh, it looks like there's saran wrap around the Christmas tree, and there's a note. It says, Christmas is canceled for now. If you want me to keep visiting a Santa visit and your free presents, and your free presents back, your behavior needs to improve. Santa is very angry, and I'm disappointed. Be good. Say sorry to one another. You all have one week to improve. I'm watching Elsie. I guess that's the name of the elf. Oh, Elsie. Creepy McCreep face. <laughs> at least, at least his parents like smart enough to realize that this elf thing is creepy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember a Christmas tree ornament with an elf that had the arms that kind of reached around it so that it could it could sit as if it's holding up, as if it's like sitting on its knees. I we have a. I, I remember at mom, mom having a Christmas ornament like that. It was a little elf, and it would sit on a tree branch. Oh, I remember that. It had, like, like its arms around, and the knees would fold up on, between the arms. Yeah. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. It's like that, but they're, they're a little bit bigger. Okay. And with a real creepy face. Okay. It, it might even be I'll, the same face. I, yeah, that, it, it is, it's like that's why that. I wonder if it's one of those. But it's not. It's it, the arms aren't usually attached like that. It's so it can mm-hmm. sit, you know, in whatever pose or whatever. Um, <laughs> the next one. <laughs> I don't know whether we should do this on our show. I, I'll just say it's. Uh, let's say that the elf is is in an X-rated position with another stuffed toy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe these weird. this folks don't have any kids and they're they're I don't know dropping hints with each other. <laughs> Maybe they put it on their son's uh, His... <laughs> dresser to uh, keep him uh, chased at night. The elf is uh, watching you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not going to be like if the elf gets to do it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's a weird thing. That's. <laughs> i got to think they didn't have kids and they're just playing. Um, and last one is... Um, they have the elf like burned up inside of an oven, <laughs> you know, like all black and pink. You know, like the cartoons, like, 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 like Tom after a bomb explodes. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he looks. <laughs> I think what happened was that they put the elf in the oven and then forgot that it was in. There. And then it just got burned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's that's enough elf. The the final one that I've got is is not it, it's it's uh, I usually save a big one for last, but this is uh, to me it's just kind of cool. Um, except who knows what it might have been used for? But but these people moved into a house, and it, it's kind of weird. If you look at the stairs, it's like you can see that that there's something about them. Well, it turns yeah. out that the stairway hinges. There's it's on hinges, and the whole stairway lifts up. And leads to a sort of descent into a creepy room under under it. Oh, okay. So it's like, uh, like if we didn't imagine if we didn't have a basement, 
but the stairs going up and and like about on the the uh, sixth stair up, if somehow it was hinged, but but kind of concealed a little bit, but by hitting the right thing, you could lift up the the, the lower six stairs, and the whole thing would like lift up, and then you could walk down into something. It's like that. That would be cool. You know, it it. Wait a minute. Doesn't the Munsters stair do that? I I don't even remember the Munsters. I okay. I gotta. I never uh, really liked that show. I'm I'm gonna do this. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I, I don't know whether this is gonna cause sound to play or something. I'm gonna go to YouTube and see if I can find the Munsters uh, and SoCam. I think so. Anyway, I'm just playing it so I can watch. Yeah, they've got the stairs there. There's the grandpa. There's the uh, daughter. They're all coming to give the mom a kiss. Here's the little boy. The and there's the I stairs. Yeah. The stairs okay. open up the dad. It's not the grandpa. It's the dad that comes out. Oh, okay. But that's exactly what it looks like at, at, on these people's uh, home. Well, that would be pretty uh, Except neat. it's it's like the whole staircase. It, I mean, the staircase itself isn't big enough yeah. for only a part of it. So the, the, the whole staircase is that. But but that's it's actually kind of, <laughs> it's kind of cool in my opinion. Yeah. Nice little hideaway. Yeah, that's right. I, I can you imagine like if a kid like just imagine if like we had discovered something like that in our house and our parents didn't know about it? Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be cool. That would just be awesome. Okay. Anyway, that's all I got. That's enough uh weird news for for 2 weeks, I think. All right. Uh folks, think about what we said. And as always, circle the beads. Circle the beads. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye, everybody.